Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Sports Hour brought to you by the NGSC Radio Network in conjunction with the Happy Hour Network. Once again, this is the G Stelio Sports Hour where I never refer to myself as G Stelio and we talk about everything other than sports pretty much. That's how we've been doing the last couple of weeks. Um, I am your host, the heartthrob, GW Gross. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and check out the .com website, G Stelio. That's G-E-E-S-T-E-L-I-O. Oh man, today's a weird, weird day, man. Um, um, so softball playoffs start today, which, which, which came came out of nowhere. Like I started getting emails last night from the league commit. I just they just did it like a mess, and they just kind of threw the playoffs at everybody, you know. So right now, of course, we got like three guys who can't make it and whatnot. I, I'm I'm still not a hundred, not at a hundred percent. Been getting my stretches in though. Been doing a lot of stretching, doing a lot of all that stuff, but it's been it's been tough, and I'm yeah, my legs still feel pretty tight to be quite honest. But on the other hand, I am pretty much a an Adonis and a natural athlete, so I should just suck it up and keep it going. I do have one of those electroshock therapy things. I think I talked to you guys about this, um. So I'll be doing my elbow because my elbow was hurting me today at the gym. I gotta do my legs and I gotta do my back with it before I even do anything, and then I gotta do like 40 minutes of stretching before this. This is when you know you're getting too old when you gotta prep for an hour and a half before a softball game starts. You know, so. Whatever, but I'm sure next week I'll let you guys know how that went. Although by next week we should be having some more topics and whatnot. I, I've been I've been the worst podcast host to you guys. I've been lying to you. I promised you like uh, I promised you a lot of guests and they haven't come on. And it's not because they don't like me. It's just because I kind of just do this uh, on my own. <laughs> I just kind of like run with it. Um, so that's my bad. It's my bad, one hundred percent. Um. But whatever. Uh, what's going on in sports? Let's look. Let's try to talk sports at the beginning of this for a second. Oh, um, I'm not paying for this thing, but um, shout out to who is this? Who is this? I was reading something on Yahoo the other day. It's um something called. You can follow them on Twitter. Actually, it's called Injury Predictor, and you have a website for it and everything. And it's actually pretty cool. They they made us an injury search engine and give you can type in. They did this for fantasy football people. Um. And let's say you type in a name, you type in Aaron Rodgers. It gives you the 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 probability of him getting injured and what the injury is, and, uh, and a list of past past history of injuries. It's pretty cool. Um, I won't pay five bucks for it. It's like five bucks for a month or five bucks for the season. I don't even know what it is, but I don't know. It's just, I mean, it's a pretty interesting way of someone trying to get money. I mean, they're talking out of their ass. I mean, who can really predict an injury? You know, I mean, it's just impossible. <laughs> if people were able to predict injuries, you know. I mean, really, you just can't do it. So, but I thought that was a pretty cool thing. Fantasy football is coming up, and I feel bad for you guys that do your drafts really early. I mean, this is why I like doing my drafts, like, as close to opening day as possible. I have two drafts this weekend. I have one Friday night, and I have another one in Brooklyn, actually, on Sunday. And I got – I. I'm not sure if my draft is going to happen on Monday. It all depends on this playoff game tonight because if we lose, then I could draft. If we win, we got to play Monday. But um, 
and I have another draft next Friday or Saturday or something like that. You know, but it's like it's so much better to do it closer because preseason, man, preseason sucks. I always tell you guys this. Just it's just terrible. I hate preseason football. And it's like it's not, these guys are barely getting hurt in preseason. They're getting hurt in practice, <laughs> let alone preseason. Like, what do you got? Kelvin Benjamin and Jordy Nelson already out for the year. I mean, that's huge right there. I mean, the Carolina Panthers just started giving Cam Newton weapons. They gave him one last year on Kelvin Benjamin, even though the league kind of figured out Kelvin Benjamin by the second half of the season. I mean, they had Devin Funches, um, the rookie they drafted out of Michigan, that was gonna, they were going to pair up with, fun, with um, Benjamin, and now we'll never see it. So Cam Newton's kind of stripped again. And then you got Jordy Nelson of the Green Bay Packers getting hurt. Um, just bad injuries, man. You know, like season-ending injuries. I think the – I forgot the guy's name because he's an offensive lineman and people always disrespect offensive linemen. But the Minnesota Vikings lost their right tackle. You know, it's just – I mean, it's tough. And that the Chicago Bears may have lost their rookie Kevin White for the season. It's just terrible. For that, but my point is, like, you do your drafts early – you know, you, you see all these projections, especially when it comes to rookies or anything else. You see all these projections, and you're like, oh, this is going to be great. This is going to be great. And then it ends up being the worst thing that can happen to you. As you all heard, my Facebook my Facebook notification just went off. I think you guys heard that. I don't even know. Maybe. Did you hear it? I don't know. Who cares? Anyway, sorry about that. That's what happens when you do live. Well, recording live. That's what happens. But, um... Yeah, I just feel bad for you guys to do that, man. That's why you should always try to do your draft as close to opening day as possible. I mean, even then, you can't be safe. I, 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 I took Tom Brady, number one overall pick, the year after he had 50 touchdown passes and stuff, took him with the first pick in the draft, and what happened, like, the first quarter of the first game wasn't even over, and he was done for the year. And I was here with Matt Castle the rest of the way. Who didn't do bad that year, but still, after Tom Brady throws 50 touchdown passes, you don't want the backup quarterback playing for your fantasy team. The Houston Texans went and said um, Brian Hoyer is their starting quarterback. Ugh, terrible. I feel so bad for Bill O'Brien, one of my favorite coaches in the NFL. Um, and I really, not for nothing, what happened to Ryan Mallett? Is that, that's what I don't get. I thought Ryan Mallett was going to be given the opportunity, and he was going to be able to flex what he could do. I always like Ryan Mallett coming out of college, especially when he was in Arkansas with, uh, uh, man, what's that guy's name? The uh, head coach of Louisville right now, Bobby Petrino. You know, he was at Arkansas before all that stuff happened with Petrino. Um, but um, I, I thought Mallett was going to be really good going pro. I thought he slipped in the draft. I think there was a marijuana thing hanging over Ryan Mallett's head, so he slipped, whatever it was. Um. And he was in the Patriot system for a while. Bill O'Brien went, traded for him, got him. Um, started, what, two or three games last year until he got hurt? I, I thought this was Ryan Mallett's job to lose. And he just didn't impress the coaching staff enough. And Brian Hoyer, apparently, a, when Brian Hoyer can impress the coaching staff more than you can, maybe you should just not play football altogether. You know, seriously. You know, it's not like Brian Hoyer is a trailblazer over here. You know, but whatever. Um... It, but Ryan Mallett, though, delivered – he delivered a little Drake to Meek Mill kind of diss because he said, I'm just going to wait until my turn gets called. At some point, it's going to happen this year. <laughs> Pretty much he's saying, you can start that kid for now, but he's garbage. And he's probably right because who really is going to co-sign on Brian Hoyer bringing a team anywhere, you know. I mean, I think if you're the Texans, you, you have to see what you have in Mallett. Mallett, in my eyes, has a way bigger upside than Brian Hoyer. You know, so you give Mallet that shot and see what happens. But the Texans are going to struggle on offense this year. I don't want to talk too much um, football, like uh, like going into the season and stuff that, that too much. But, like, the Texans this year, man, uh, um, this, this is the first time that their wide receiver core in, what, 12 or 13 years is going to be without Andre Johnson, their all-time leader. You know, so they don't have Andre Johnson for the whole season. And then Arian Foster's gone for about five, six, maybe seven weeks of a groin injury, I mean, that, those are two big losses when you're starting week one. Alfred Blue is the backup, and I I, I mean, Alfred Blue kind of was underwhelming, to say the least. Chris Polk, I think, is backing up Alfred Blue. Uh, it's just a bad situation. The offensive line's not bad. And this defense could be amazing, though, man. It's like they, they picked up Vince Wilfork. In the middle. If Vince Wilfork can give him 14 games, that's amazing. 
14 good games. I'm not saying Vince Wilfork just stand in the middle and do nothing. And, of course, you got J.J. Watt. And then you, you really – the wild cards on Houston are Brian Cushing and Jadavion Clowney. I mean, like Cushing just hasn't been healthy in forever since his rookie season. And Jadavion Clowney, his rookie season was last year and couldn't stay healthy. And right now they're saying Clowney is looking healthier and looking more confident. Yeah, let me tell you, if Cushing and Clowney – well, if Cushing could play at least 85% of what he was two, three years ago – That'll be great. If Clowney comes close, close to even sniffing the expectations that were set before him, that would be great. You know, I mean, the Texans got so many right pieces in the right places, and then they just don't have a quarterback. Their running game is going to be weak to start the season, and their passing game, it really is on Hopkins. You know, it's going to be a tough go for them, man. And and it, and it stinks when you say it's a tough go when – Two of your teams that you're playing four times in total this year are going to be Tennessee and Jacksonville. Like, like, like that. that those should, you should count as four wins. You know, what? I'll give Tennessee a chance, a field goal chance at one of them, but that's about it. Jacksonville ain't got no chance of being anybody really this year. Jacksonville's pretty terrible. It's another team I'm disappointed in. I actually liked Blake Bortles going into last year. This year, not so much. The NBA. Um, of, first of all, Michael Jordan, right? Uh, ah man, he's kind of like kind of the douche, isn't he? Um, he sued some. Uh, I was gonna say a restaurant. He sued some supermarket. I don't know somewhere. Let's just say in the Carolinas. I think a supermarket around a business anyway. Sued them for ten million dollars for using his name in an ad. Um, I mean, it obviously didn't help the place because they're out of business anyway. But some little like it's a it's a little string of supermarkets. Don't remember the name of it. It's not important. Took them to court. Won the lawsuit, and now. And now he sued him for ten million dollars, like if he needs it, because um using the likeness of his name pretty much. And now the NBA says that Jordan can't choose who gets a Jordan shoe deal because of the cap rules. And this is interesting. At least six Hornets have gotten Jordan deals in the last seven years. Six Hornets. The Hornets are awful. Like who who is he putting in these ads? For Jordans, like, like, wouldn't that hurt your brand? <laughs> Having any Charlotte Hornet wear your Jordans? You know, I was like, really? I, I can't even think. I mean, that kid from New York, whatever, whatever his name was, Walker? Kebe Walker? Is that his name? I forgot his name. He had a, he's probably got one. I would guess that kid Gilchrist probably got one. He's been terrible, you know. But the NBA just told Jordan, nah, none of that. None of that, sir. In semi-sports news, Drake and Serena Williams were caught kissing at some event somewhere. I don't know. This adds even more intrigue to that Drake versus Meek Mill thing. Because Meek Mill got, he got Nikki, but now Drake got Serena. And I was thinking about it. I'm not really a fan of either one of, of, uh, Nikki or Serena, but I'm like, wow, like, who would you, if you had to pick, like, who would you rather be in that situation of courting one of these women? Let it be Serena Williams or let it be Nikki Minaj. And then I was thinking, I was like, I don't know. They both have ridiculous bodies. Both have very questionable faces. Uh... They both are very off-putting with their personalities. They're both obnoxious and in their own way, you know. I, I really don't know who I would ha- pick between those two. Like, if I had to pick, I guess it would be Nikki, but I'm not even sure. I guess it would be Nikki, but she's so freaky looking, man. She has that thing with her eyes and her and her bangs. She looks so weird. You know, I don't know. I think I would pick Nikki, though. If I had to choose between those two, you know, you know, you know, I I would pick Nikki because I really hate when Serena loses to Venus Williams, and she acts like such a crybaby about it. Like, <laughs> I understand you're upset you lost, but Venus doesn't act like that when Serena beats her. You know, she's always like, "Oh, it's my sister. I love her." La 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 la. Serena's like, "Yeah, I just didn't play well." <laughs> what a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like really, like, like Jesus, get over yourself, you know. Props to um Seattle Seahawks 
uh, player, Michael Bennett. Uh, defensive. What is Michael Bennett? He's defensive end, I think, right? Pretty sure he's a defensive end, Michael Bennett. Um, but uh, he was just saying how quarterbacks are overrated. And I, I actually agree with him 100% because I've been saying this forever. Um, he said in an interview on 710 ESPN, sorry about how I sound congested right now. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. But he said, quarterback is the only position in the NFL where you, where, where you could be mediocre and get paid. At every other position, you can't be mediocre. If I was like Ryan Tannehill and the most games I ever won was seven, how could you get $100 million for that? I guess that's the value of the position. And then there's like you're sitting at home and there's breaking news and it says Brian, Ho- Brian Hoyer is the quarterback of the Houston Texans. I'm like, who cares? It's not breaking news. It's really not breaking news. <laughs> this podcast is turned to let's shit on Brian Hoyer hour. Um, Bennett continues, and it, it's really good, all this. Um, all I'm saying is there's some mediocre quarterbacks at NFL that make a lot of money. I mean, you take a guy like Sam Bradford. He's never played, really, in the last three years, but he's made more money than most guys in the NFL. Quarterbacks get protected more than any other player. I mean, Bradford gets hit in the knees, and he's about to cry. Then he makes crying noises. He hit me in the legs. I mean, everybody gets hit in their legs. Every play, somebody tries to hit me in the legs, so what makes him different? What makes his life better than mine? I mean, he kind of went in on it, though. RG3 is running around, and he gets hit, and he's like, and he's like, I'm like, stop running the ball if you don't want to get hit. Throw the ball. The best way to not get hit is to complete a pass, Bennett continues. And I don't know. And, and, and then he talked about Russell Wilson. He said, Russell Wilson doesn't get hit often, but when he does, it looks like it hurts. <laughs> oh, man, he's 100%, right? Um, and, of course, there's a fine line in that. And what he's trying to say right here, but I do get him though. It's all about the quarterback in this NFL. I mean, I don't like it. I mean, I've always been a wide receiver guy. You know, always been a fan of the wide receiver. That's my favorite position on the field. And as I got older, I I liked the position of corner and safety and and like stuff like that. Like when I was little, I, I liked running backs more than anybody else. Cause back when I was growing up in the eighties, like running backs, there was like 20 legit running backs who could all run for a thousand yards and running for a thousand yards back then meant something, you know, now, now if you run for just a thousand yards, you might lose your job next year, <laughs> you know, cause everything's a running back by committee anyway. So people don't even look at that. It's more about your yards per carry and yards after contact more than more than your actual yards in a season because the NFL's the NFL offenses are so different right now. But anyway, going back to what Bennett says, he's absolutely right. And the names he uses, though, Ryan Tannehill, Brian Hoyer, Sam Bradford, these guys are getting paid lucrative amounts of money for the work that they've put out in the NFL. Brian Hoyer should be getting any more jobs. I mean, really, come on. He had his run in Cleveland. Cleveland gave him a shot. You know, if Brian Hoyer would have been a world beater, let's say Brian Hoyer put up, let's say Brian Hoyer put up Tannehill numbers, he would have got paid. Not like Tannehill, but better than anything else he would have ever seen in his life. And we're talking about Brian Hoyer here. I've said this about the quarterback position for years, or I've been saying it forever. Because everyone, ESPN, the media, all these stupid bloggers that don't know shit, you know. Like, all he says, oh, to be in this league, you need a quarterback. You need a quarterback. I, I don't uh, – yeah, you need a quarterback. You need an offensive lineman. You need a defensive lineman. You need a kicker. You need a lot of shit on your team if you want to win games. You know, to put that value of quarterback above all else, it's just gotten out of control. It has. And I understand when a quarterback goes down, the – the, the offense changes, and, and it could change a team season. That happens to a lot of people in a lot of different positions. If a team – I remember, what was it, two or three years ago, the Giants lost their center, I think, by week three, week four, the, and the offense fell apart. I forgot the name of the center, but I remember the Giants had some, had some expectations going into the year, and the season fell apart. I remember another year. I think it was the year after they won the Super Bowl when Plaxico shot himself, changed their offense, you know? You got defensive guys when they go out. You know, of course, I'm not going to name any right now because I can't think of any on top of my head. But you got defensive guys when they go out, the team suffers. 
It's just that the quarterback has just put on such a high plateau. I've been telling everybody, man, you, you give me Alex Smith and a well-put-together team, I, I could win games. That's what happened with Alex Smith in San Francisco. Very well-put-together team. What do you get him to the championship game, the NFC championship game? You know, I mean, seriously. And Alex Smith's not a world beater, and he got ridiculously paid by the Chiefs. Guy couldn't even complete a touchdown pass to a wide receiver last year. And he's getting paid sick money. Like, and, and, and the thing is, what I don't get, you need this, you need a team in the NFL. You need an offensive line. I mean, I've, I've said this a million times, but Joe Flacco, Aaron Rodgers, two Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. And after the Super Bowl wins, they got paid ridiculous paper. They have not come back to the Super Bowl. Green Bay is actually still a good team because they're run perfectly as an organization. You know, the thing is, though, if you're going to pay a quarterback, you have to be flawless with your drafts and everything else you're doing around him. you got to be flawless. In your draft shit, you got to pick starters in the fifth and sixth round. You have to have the most ridiculous scout team. You have to have the most ridiculous coaching staff to coach up these guys on your roster. And and that's what Green Bay has. I mean, Green Bay keeps their guys on their team. And anybody they draft, they pretty much stay there. And Mike McCarthy, in my eyes, the top three coach in the league. Doesn't He doesn't get enough credit as he deserves. And I'm a Chicago Bears fan. I hate the Packers. But McCarthy, one of the top three coaches in the league. Easily. Easily top three coach in the league. But they haven't gone back. And they've been good. And they haven't gone back. And then you got guys like Joe Flacco. He gets paid. And cuts have to be made all over the place. And there's a team that, that's also run very well, Baltimore Ravens, but they haven't been as lucky as Green Bay. Baltimore's a very well-run and well-coached team. But Flacco is not that guy that's going to elevate your offense with average or a little better than average players around him. It's just not going to happen. Aaron Rodgers could do that for you, though. Joe Flacco cannot. We'll even talk about guys I do like, because I've stated many times I'm not a Flacco fan, I'm not an Aaron Rodgers fan. We'll talk about two guys that I do like. Matt Ryan. Love Matt Ryan. Love him. But after he got his contract from the Falcons, what happened to that team? They haven't sniffed anything close to the playoffs. They they went they they totally changed their their attack. They went they went and said we're gonna throw the ball like crazy. After Michael Turner was pretty much done, you know, and then they got Steven Jackson, but they kind of strayed away from the running game. And Matt Ryan, who's really good off play action, I mean, really is. I mean, the guy came out of Boston College, and and they, they ran a lot of play action out of Boston College. They took that away from him. You know, I mean, and, and you could say you could say the Falcons pretty much bankrolled everything that they pretty much banked on Julio Jones and Matt Ryan carrying that team for the next five six years, and it's not working out right. They couldn't even afford to keep a guy like Harry Douglas, a good route runner who stepped up for them when everyone else was done, you know? They got nothing on defense because Atlanta, not for nothing, has always been a poorly run organization. We'll just say it. They've never been a great organization. They just look really, really cool in their red, black, and white jerseys. That's pretty much it. And they come from a cool city in Atlanta. You know, they've never been, like, one of the best-run organizations. And then we go to my team in Chicago. You got Jay Cutler. He, of course, got overpaid. He's never really made a leap into the postseason. Granted, he has all Chicago Bears records as a quarterback, but that wasn't too hard. We never really had any quarterbacks. And Jay Cutler is the best quarterback we've had probably ever, I will say, ever as a Bears fan, you know. But what happens with that? You, you bankroll him. And first of all, the city wasn't even behind that. You know, the media wasn't behind it. The city wasn't behind it. And and now what happens? You're stuck. When the plan doesn't work, and why didn't the plan work? Because you had a terrible head coach in Mark Tressman, and you've been drafting pretty badly for the last 15 years. The Bears' problem is that their best player is a right guard 
That's the Bears' problem. Their best player is a right guard. And when his time comes, he's going to need to get paid. And that's the kind of guy you need to keep on your roster long term. Because he's going to get money, Kyle Long. And I've said it before, he's the best player on that Bears roster. 100%. 100% confident in saying that. Well, they do. They they, they gave Matt Forte, Mr. If you look at me, I'll fall down. They gave him a contract. You know, doesn't make sense. And I keep saying this: you, you always want to talk quarterbacks. Always, you, you know, you know when you know quarterbacks are just nonsense, like the hype about it. I have a lot of respect for offensive linemen. I always say that. And during free agency, offensive linemen are getting signed. Um, you had the trade between uh Seattle and New Orleans. You know, um, with offensive linemen moved over to to New Orleans, and. Is it Max Unger? No. Was it Max Unger? I don't know. I'm slipping right now. I, I'm such a hypocrite. I'm like, people pay no respect to offensive linemen. I'm forgetting names left and right. But you know what I'm trying to say here, you know? And nobody says anything about any of these offensive linemen, uh, offensive linemen signing anywhere, right? Evan freaking Mathis signs with the Denver Broncos. People are like, oh, man, that's it. Pey- Peyton Manning got his guy. He doesn't have to be that He doesn't have to be that good this year, Peyton. They have protection there. Why do you all of a sudden give a shit about an offensive lineman signing with a team? Because it's Peyton Manning's fucking team, right? It just kills me. Kills me. Because you never hear about these guys, the unsung heroes in the NFL, the offensive linemen. You know, but you always hear about the guys they got to protect, the guys they have to open holes for. Those are the guys you hear about. Oh, man, whatever. What do I know? What do I know? I'll tell you one thing. I'm a great GM when it comes to video games. I am unbelievable as a GM in video games. Speaking of video games, the new Madden came out. Odell Beckham Jr. is on the cover, so that means he's going to break his fibula. He's going to break his dick first week out. You know, he'll be done. Props to the Jacksonville Jaguars for pretty much openly admitting that they were trying to knock him silly. (laughs) Hey, man. If you can't beat them, beat them. Right, Jaguars? That's how you play. Um, I'm not going to get the new Madden. Last year, I got Madden. Uh, what was it? Madden 15. It was the first time I bought a Madden game. Let me tell you, I got a PS3. I don't even have a PS4. I got a PS3 because I barely play video. I play video games. I, I have no time for it. I play video games when I do podcasts and when I can't sleep, pretty much. You know? Right. And that third time is when I pretty much want to veg out and do absolutely no thinking. But I'm still thinking. Um, so whatever. It's not like video games. I really don't care. I got four video games. All right, I got Assassin's Creed 3, which came out, what, three years ago maybe? And I think I'm like 30% done in that game because it's hard as fuck. I got Marvel versus Capcom. Because that's, you know, Street Fighter versus Marvel. I mean, I want to play that once in a once, And I haven't touched that since, like, Christmas. Then you got NCAA Football 14. Amazing game. And Madden 15, which I bought. It was the first Madden game I bought in, like, 10 or 11 years. And I was like, you know what, let me get it. And I really got it last year because I was hyped about the Chicago Bears offense. I was like, oh, we're going to do it. You know, so... um. I I think I played two seasons in Madden 15. And the first season I lost like in the first round of the playoffs. I forgot to who. Might have been Detroit or some shit. And then uh, second year, I won the Super Bowl. I think we were 14-2 and or something, the Bears. And Jay Cutler was Super Bowl MVP. And I was like, all right, I don't got to play this no more. But now that football season is coming around, I'm thinking about doing that thing where you could do a draft of every player in the league and throw them in there. I think I want to do that. Something really nerdy like that. See what happens. Take Kyle Long in the first round. <laughs> Chance Womack. Call these young offensive linemen. Just start them early. Um, I could get Cutler late. I don't care. I'm good with that. First thing I always did. First thing I always do is uh in this Madden game though is uh I look to see who wants to trade for Matt Forte. <laughs> I was like, get Matt Forte and Lance Briggs. With the guys I traded right away. I got that guy Jordan Tripp, the linebacker from Miami who's still hurt and hasn't even seen the field this season. Um, in the preseason, I mean. I got him and I got uh I actually traded Matt Forte for the Pittsburgh Steelers running back Le'Veon Bell, and that worked out perfectly. And then I remember when I started the third season, Le'Veon Bell, I just traded him away because he wanted a contract. <laughs> I'm a cheap ass owner. 
It's like, no, nah, I got to pay Cutler $25 million a year. I can't afford to give you money. <laughs> anyway, we're going to take a short break. I think I had enough of killing quarterbacks and whatever. Oh, we'll take a short break. I don't know what song I'm going to play. We'll play something, though, for y'all. We'll be right back. You're listening to NGSE Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSEsports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSE Sports YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSE Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSE Sports. We never stop. you by the NGSC Radio Network in conjunction with the Happy Hour Network. I really hate baseball sometimes, and it's not just because my team stinks, the Chicago White Sox, but because of those unwritten rules. I've talked about this before. Um, There was a benches-clearing almost brawl during the Astros-Yankee game yesterday. Houston would just beat the living shit out of the Yankees yesterday. I think the score was 15-2 or something at the end of it. But um, in the sixth inning, Houston's up 9-zip, and Carlos Gomez comes up. And he popped up, and he got upset that he popped up. So he kind of was like tossed his bat. He was yelling, you know, whatever. He was just pissed off. He saw a pitch. He he missed mistimed it, and whatever. He just kind of blew it. Um. So whatever. He did all that, and he says he heard um some chirping or whatever from the Yankees dugout. People just telling him shut up or whatever. So he kind of flipped out, and he started yelling at them or whatever the case is, and you know whatever. Whatever, it's just stupid, stupidness that happens. So whatever, um, bench is clear, they're all arguing with each other. But then Joe Girardi comes out and he goes, I just told him, play the game the right way. Show a little professionalism. I, I hate baseball, man. It's like they, they think there's so much. Like they, 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 they feel like they're like, um, what is it, the polite police or the manners cops, whatever you want to call it. I don't know. It's They, they feel like everything they do is just the way this should be done, the do-all, end-all, you know? Like, it's it's not it's not one of those gentlemen's sports or anything like that. You know, it's all these unwritten rules. You know, make the unwritten rules written then so I can learn how to give a shit about about when you guys act like women and get fed up when someone throws a bat or something or, 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 or admires a home run for too long. That's something I hate. I hate when, like, because I used to love when Manny Ramirez, Manny Ramirez is probably the best at it. He would just swing, crush a ball. I just kind of like dropped the bat all dramatically and stare at it as he looked at it going to first. I thought that was the coolest thing, you know, because you grow up wanting to hit home runs. You know, <laughs> it's like every boy at one stage in his life just said, wow, I want to hit a home run before I die. And honestly, I hope for every guy out there in some way, shape or form, you hit a home run. And, and, and let it be punch ball, stick ball, wiffle ball, softball, baseball. I really hope you've had that opportunity in a home run in your life at least once. You know, it's, just, it's a great feeling. It really is. At, at whatever age you're at, hitting a home run is like the pinnacle of sports dominance for, you, for, for every man. Be like, yeah, I crushed a home run that day. Yeah, I hit a home run over in that field. It's just one of those things. 
you know. But uh, Manny Ramirez used to do it, and people used to get all butt hurt over it. Like, oh, he's showing off, he's showing off the pitcher, and yada. Yeah, shut up, man! Just such femininity in this man sport, you know. And I mean that with all due respect to all women listeners. Just, uh, just annoying. I just wanted to point that out because I thought the Yankees being real bitch ass about it. So right now, this is when I go into the headlines. I look at headlines. Some, um, some costume company. I guess they were promoting something. <laughs> I think this is great. A costume company says the getup is meant to be funny, and then instead they're receiving a lot of backlash, and the transgender community finds it an insult. And this company decided to make the Caitlyn Jenner costume. I think it's genius. I think it's hilarious. Um, it comes with a sash that says "Call me Caitlyn," a wig. I think it's hilarious. I mean, I would never do it. Wow. The price on this thing is $74.99. Oh, my God. God. But um, I think it's a funny outfit, you know, Um, but whatever. People, uh, transgender people are, you know, everybody's sensitive nowadays. So, you, so you, can't, you can't make fun of anything anymore. You know, I don't even know how comedians have jobs anymore because you can't make fun of anything, you know. You're a racist or a bigot or a sexist or something or some kind of phobe. You suffer from some kind of phobia, you know, like, I don't know. It's just uh, whatever. Just uh, just I, th- I thought it was a good idea. And of course, it's going to get killed and probably pulled off the market. But it's not like you can't make that at home. You could borrow your mom and your sister's clothing. I don't endorse any of this anyway. Like, I'm a guy who's not into like even playing around and like, you know, Wanting to wear women's clothes, that, that ain't me. Like, <laughs> you you won't catch me in a dress or a skirt or anything, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, there's really nothing going on, man. I'm telling you, next week, I guarantee you, next week is when things pick up on this show. Right now, there's really nothing to talk about. You know, there's really nothing to talk about. I just bamble, bamble. I'm I'm making up words right now. Um, I just ramble. Um, I do want to say, though, uh, on a serious note, rest in peace to Allison Parker and Adam Ward, uh, the two victims that were shot in Virginia during um, a journalist shoot. What was the station? WDBJ of uh, Virginia. Psycho gunman, like, kills them in the middle of their interview. And, I don't know, just crazy. And the guy recorded it. Like, this is like, I'm telling you, man, like, first of all, let me say the story, then I'll go off on my tangent. Um, the guy records himself shooting them. Uh, it's insane. Like, uh, it's insane. And he posted it on Facebook, posted it on Twitter. Twitter Twitter got rid of the account. Pretty sure Facebook did the same. But it's already out there. The video of him killing these people are on, you know, he just videoed it. And it was done on live TV. So even on the live TV shoot, you see her scream and uh, it's disgusting, you know, and both of these people, um, Allison Parker, actually, she had just moved in with somebody else working on the station, forgot his name right now, but he was on Twitter like, yeah, we kept it under wraps, but we just moved in together. We were very much in love. And then uh, the other guy, Adam Ward, he was, um, I think, engaged to a producer of that WDBJ station. And it was his fiance's last day of that job, and there was supposed to be a work party. And when they got back, I it's terrible, you know. So I mean, really, just I don't know what's going on, man. It's just. But then when when I was reading about the gunman recording it and putting it on social media and everything, it's like crazy, because this is the kind of stuff that you see on TV. And you don't want to see it kind of emulated in real life. This is the kind of stuff you see on TV. You're like, this is scary. This is scary shit. I remember I was watching The Following one time. Um, Following's not on Channel 5 anymore. It's actually a really good show. The last season had me like, eh, you know, because they killed one of the main characters. But really good show. And um, I'm pretty sure it's the first episode of the first season. The bad guy, his name is Joe Carroll, and he has a bunch of people who just follow him and they'll kill for him because he's got them all brainwashed like a massive cult, you know. He has people in different states, everything, you know, like he's, you know, he's all over the place. Anyway, it's a New York City subway scene, and um, all these people go into a train, not all these people, but a bunch of people wear a mask of this guy Joe Carroll's face, and they just start 
I'm pretty sure um, I think they were start. They started stabbing people as soon as the train doors closed. Every, it was like rush hour, and they're just stabbing people on the train. And I was like, Jesus, somebody's gonna do this sick shit one day. You know, that's all you need is just to put the idea in some sick fuck's head, and they're gonna go out and do it. You know, and I, we we watch these shows because whatever, like, we're, we're semi normal, so we understand the fiction aspect of this. And you watch this, and you're like, wow, this is crazy. Even just watching, like, this is scary. But then you see things like this. What happened today with the gunman in Virginia? And the guy filmed it. He's advertising himself pretty much on Twitter for being that guy. And it's just people being infamous is celebrity right now for anything you want to do. Being infamous gains you celebrity. There's different levels of infamy that will gain you what kind of celebrity you are. I mean, you could be, like, the social media, like, uh, the, the Kim Kardashian infamous for her uh, scandalous pictures and her pornographic films <laughs> with Ray J. Or you could be like this guy. Go down his history as the psycho who shot two people on national TV. Well, I shouldn't say national, but on Virginia TV. It was live TV in the morning. And I looked at this girl, Allison Parker's um, Twitter, you know, after she passed. I just wanted to... And, she looked like the most upbeat person, man. It's sad. You know, she worked the morning show. She looked like the kind of person who was always chipper in a good mood, and they killed her. You know, it's sad, man. It's just, I don't know what's going on anymore, man. I was reading something else that the United States leads the world in mass mass shootings. Like, really? <laughs> like, we lead the in mass homicide, mass shootings, whatever you want to call them. You know, like, we lead the world in that. There's always one or two cycles that just kind of go an open fire. In their head, they're revolutionists. You know, they're doing, they're making a change, but they're just fucking crazy. But that's what we deal with. You know, scary world out there, man. You don't know who to trust. You don't know who to talk to, who to run to, where to go, because everywhere you go, it's just not safe. And that's the sad truth. A friend of mine um just had, not just, but he has two kids. Uh, I want to say the age is like three and two. Like, young kids. Um, adorable, you know. And he told me the other day, like, his son had to have some kind of operation. I forgot what it was. His son is perfectly fine. But his son had to go through some kind of operation. He just felt terrible about it, you know. So, as a father, you know, he's like, ah, oh, you know, just I miss seeing him run around and stuff. You know, he just looks miserable in the hospital bed. He's just crying. He doesn't understand why. And I can't really explain it to him. It's just frustrating, you know. And then he looked at me. He goes, I really regret bringing children into this world sometimes. And I was like, don't say that, you know, me being a guy with no kids, you know, just saying, don't say that. He goes, no, you don't understand. He goes, I love my kids. I'll die for my kids. You know, he was like, he was like, but when you become a parent, all you think about is your kids, kids welfare. It's automatic. You know, if I'm not home with them, looking at them, knowing exactly what they're doing, it drives me crazy. You know, but he was like, aside from that, you know, you bring them into this world where it's like, it's, it's a tough go. <laughs> I mean, life could be the greatest thing in the world. Whether you're rich or poor, it doesn't really matter. It's still the greatest gift you could ever get. But it's a tough go, man. No matter who you are, it's a tough go. And he was just saying, like, you know, you bring them into this world, you got to deal with terrorism. You got to deal with these psychopaths, you know, these kidnappers. He was like, you know, like, why would I do this to them? All these diseases, you know, you, you never know what's going to happen and with, 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 with their dreams being fulfilled or not. He just kept going on and on. He was like, I don't want to see my kids hurt or heartbroken. And, you know, I understood what he was saying because it's like, you know, it's his kid. He loves him that much. But he was like, I don't even know why I brought him into this world. And this world keeps going into shit. Ugh, anyway, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I brought it there to that place. I didn't want to bring it to that place. I apologize for that. I'll talk about something else. Oh. Actually, shout out to my man Nick Celio. Um, him and his girlfriend Leanne came by earlier today because th- there's a website called thebookpatch.com, and they pretty much help you, you know, get your book. Um, they give you an ISBN, all this stuff. Uh, you know, they they help you put your book together. I got a 54-page book, um, and I'm not releasing the title yet. Gonna have to do some kind of big promotion on Twitter when it's time. But the book is done. though. it's 54 pages, a quick read. It's a little comedic. Um, self-help on relationships, dating, um, self-improvement kind of book. But it's very comedic undertone. But I mean everything I say at the same time. That's pretty much the way I talk. Very blunt. But um, 
It took me a while to finish it. And it took me a while to finish it, I guess, because it just I didn't know what I was doing when I was writing the book. I rewrote the entire book twice, you know. Um, it was really long. It was like 80 pages the first time out. And I was like, nobody wants to read this shit for 80 pages. It's just, and it wasn't me putting down my talent. It's just, nobody wants to read how to improve themselves <laughs> for longer than like four or five days. <laughs> if you have to read a book for like, you know, two, three weeks about how you're just pathetic or whatever the case, you're going to hate your life even more. I'm not trying to do it. I'm trying to make it a quick read and you take whatever you can from it, you know, but, um, I couldn't figure out stuff, so Nick Celio kind of like helped me with, you know, all this other stuff. That I couldn't understand like the measurements of the book and, and how to make the PDF form fit a certain size. It was a bunch of stuff I didn't understand, but whatever. We got it on the thebookpatch.com. Shout out to those people over there because they actually emailed me earlier. Um, I had a question, but um, I got the cover done by Nick's brother Ed, and all everything's written by me. And I'm right now. I'm just kind of like looking. I'm looking forward to receiving this first copy because I ordered one copy, printed one copy, one copy only, sent it to my house because that's going to be the last the last preview of the book for me. Uh, if I have to write notes on it, I'll write notes on it. I want to make sure everything makes sense. I want to make sure it's a good book. And I'll probably give it to like two or three of my friends, ask them to read it in like two or three days, see what they think. Um, it's going out regardless. Even if all three say this is the worst piece of shit I've read in my life, it's still going out there. But I just want to make sure I get my grammatical errors all cleared up because I'm terrible at proofreading, terrible at editing. So I'm actually really excited about it because this is the first of hopefully a lot of books. Um, I got a lot of ideas for books, and I started two other novels, three other novels really, but I had to... I had to cut down. I was like, this is it. You can't, you shouldn't be writing more than one book at a time. Yeah, it's just stupid. But uh, one book is actually almost, I want to say almost done because I don't know what I'm going with it, but it's a lot into it. I'm writing that book for years. And um, I got, I'm actually going to go right back into that one and try to jumpstart it again because Creative Juice is going. That one's kind of like a modern day catcher in the rye. I'm writing a crime novel. And I got an idea for like a comedic kind of romance story. <sighs> and then a sports story, a football story I wanted to read. I mean, I wanted to write. So, yeah, this is this is what I want to do. I want to be a writer, you know, and it's like you can only do it. Because <laughs> you, know, you know what's great about being a writer? You're pretty much your only boss. You know, yeah, you got to deal with publishing companies and like all that. But you're your own boss. And I mean, like you're going to write what you want to write, you know. Like, you just got to hope you get a publishing deal or something with somebody. They're like, yep, you know, we'll put your books out. Great. Then you just got to isolate. And I'm an isolated human being. You know, that that's why I have no problem doing these podcasts, talking to you guys by myself in my room for a while. Because I have no problem with being isolated. You know, I could be isolated hours upon, upon a day for multiple days in a row entertaining myself. You know, I don't feel lonely. I don't ever feel dejected from society. I'm fine, you know. Uh, I just like it. So being isolated is a big, big part <laughs> of being a writer because you just need a lot of time allocated to being alone in your thoughts. You know, it it does does start a, a lot of drinking habits, which I'm fine with. I'll be fine drinking a little bit more. But uh, I'm looking forward to that. Looking forward to that a lot. Uh, hopefully, what is it? Is the end of August? Hopefully by October, I'm guessing. October, November. And then maybe for Christmas, people could buy them. You know, I'm hoping by October, November, though, the book will be out. And hopefully by next, I can just start, I just keep it going, man. You know, I'm not expecting, like, huge sales or anything. I mean, you can't because I have no machine behind me to help, like, promote this thing. But I have to try to sell copies online. And it's a lot of stuff I don't know uh, about the business itself. So I'm going to see what I could do, though, man. I really hope somebody somewhere that's important sees it and says, wow, this is genius. You're, I don't know what the, I don't know I don't know what you do with a self help book. I don't know if you could really get that famous off a self help book. Because if you do interviews, they're pretty much gonna ask you, "Oh, what are you telling people?" I'm like, I'm not gonna tell you. You know, read the book. You know, um, but I think it's a fun book. Uh, it's a quick read. It's a fun book. I think it's enjoyable. So, but anyway, uh, that's the end of this week's podcast. Next week is gonna be all football talk. Next week actually might be the audio to uh. A YouTube show I'm trying to do with my friend Mike Trainer. Try to do it early next week. Um, we're calling it the hashtag Sports Show. Um, 
me and Trainer are really stupid, really childish. Uh, we don't know a lot about sports when we're together because he just drinks and I get silly and it just, you know, whatever. But we're going to try to do it from uh, – try and record it. You actually see my beautiful face on YouTube when we get this thing done. And um, and next week, if we get that done, um, the Sports Hour may just be the audio of that. But I don't know. It's coming close. I got to talk to a lot of my close friends in the whole blogosphere industry about football. Um, and definitely me and my man Joe Weijer got to get back up on it. So uh, it's gambling season once again, you know what I'm saying? I look really buff right now. I got a shirt on this week. Last week I didn't have a shirt on and I look buff. Now I'm looking buff. I, I, don't got, I, I have a shirt on and I look fucking ridiculous. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, shout out to everybody still checking out this podcast. I appreciate it. Um, catch me uh, Thursday, tomorrow, where Ernest Christian doing the Ernestly Speaking Live. <laughs> Ernestly Speaking Live from 4 to 6 Eastern Standard Time. Be a lot of football talk with EJ. I don't know who's guest hosting with us, if anybody is this week. I have no clue. Um, but I'll be on that, and that's about it, everybody. I'll leave you I'll leave you with the rest of that Rocky theme I played, man. Bear witness. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.